0: Let's give it up to the team. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, as we talk about our series, The Family, we want you to continue to remember that truth, that the best things in life are free. They're the simple things. And hey, the best things in life are the conversations and the relationships you build with other people. And that don't cost a dime. (laughs) Don't forget it. And remember that money can only get you so far. But when you have people alongside you, you can literally move mountains. And with God, you can do anything. So we want to continue to remember that. And that's what I just love about that song how it just reminds us like, yeah, these things are cool, but they don't get us the things that God and real relationships do. So we've been in this series called The Beautiful Mess, and y'all are probably sick and tired of seeing me at this point. Um, I've been blessed to be able to do, I trust you, you will not see me next week. Um, And so you could just just handle me one more time and then we'll be done. Um, We are talking today about something really important for the family. And it's different for me to talk about it, but I'm excited to. Uh, We'll get to what we're talking about in a second, but some of the greatest tools we use today would also be considered, in my opinion, some of the most dangerous weapons as well. I think about, or oh, go, go way yonder, early settlers, an ax, right? It was so helpful and valuable for them to build a settlement, to build you know, a home, to build this frontier and, and do all this stuff through an ax. But then y'all know you've seen that horror movie and what is that ax used for? Dangerous things, scary things, right? He's coming at you with that ax. And so this tool can also be used as a weapon, right? That it's so valuable, so helpful, but it can also be so harmful. Think about planes, right? This gives us the opportunity to visit family across the country, across the world. It gives us the opportunity to travel to places we would have never been able to before. And yet, if you were driving, if you were going on a commercial flight and you put someone random in that cockpit, you would surely die, Right? Because what was a helpful tool can become a very hurtful weapon in the wrong hands. Think about something like medication that has helped so many people be able to feel better, to live their lives more more to the fullest, to be able to not consider the disease or the sickness or the trouble they're going through, but to be able to live life more full. And it's so helpful for all those things. It's so helpful, you know, medication and and, and people who are continuing to innovate in that space to look for cures for things. It's amazing. And it's such a helpful tool. But it also can be a very harmful weapon because people can misuse and abuse and use drugs and medication to cause addictions and hurt in their family. And so we see it's such a great tool, but it also can be such a harmful weapon. And then we come down to our words, right? The words that you said to that person whom you loved, and man, it just gave you all the butterflies. The words that that person told you as they encouraged you and built you up in a season where you were feeling beat down. Those words that you needed in that moment, those words that God gave you to remind you that you are his, those encouraging words. And yet at the same time, there's hurtful words, right? Right? Hurtful words that make you feel like you're not worthwhile. Hurtful words that make you feel like you have no purpose. Hurtful words that could lead someone to think things that we just desire they would never have to think. Because words can be such a helpful tool, but they can also be such a harmful weapon. We even take our Bible, the Word of God, and it's truth entirely. We believe that is it is in, in, inerrantly truthful in its original scripture writings. And yet there are people who will take that truth and they will bend it and they will use it for their own agenda. They will transform what the word's saying for it to encourage what they wanna say. And they will transform it to say things that may not even be true. And so we can take something that is the most, in my opinion, the most valuable tool on this earth and they can make it into a weapon. They can make it divisive. See, we have to remind ourselves that every tool that has ever been hugely valuable has also been hugely dangerous. And then there's our phones. Oh yeah, (laughs) now you know where I'm going. And these things are so cool. They can let us talk to our family across the country They can let us stay connected with people. They can let us meet people who have the same interests as us that we would have never met. They can allow us to share the gospel to thousands more than we would have ever been able to. And yet that same phone can ruin marriages, can hurt relationships, can harm the family. Man, it can harm your future family, your future wife, your future husband. And so the same thing that is such a valuable tool can be such a harmful weapon. And so I believe today that we need to talk about this because we're gonna talk about a tool I can guarantee we all have, our phones. And we're gonna ask, man, how should we view and use our phones in a way that is honoring to God? Because here's the thing, I hear a lot of people, and I think I even said this once, I was like, just throw it out the window. You're just going to go get another one. And so there's a lot of people, and we understand it's bad for us. I think everyone in here understands that our phones aren't always helpful for our lives, but we still have them. And so the question we need to be asking is not how do I throw away my phone, but how do I create a better balance with my phone? And most importantly, how do I make sure my phone is a tool and not a weapon in my life? So we need to find the balance. And here's why I love statistics. I got a lot of them. Don't get too discouraged. There's hope at the end of these statistics. But we need to be real about what our phones are doing. So a 2017 study by the University of Texas, they found that smartphones have what they're calling a brain drain effect. That they can affect intelligence and attention span just by being on your desk. Similarly, the University of California Irvine, they found that if we get distracted from a task by our mobile phone notification, it takes us an average of 23 minutes and 15 seconds to regain our focus. So in other words, if I get a notification and I look at it as I'm working, it'll take me almost 24 minutes to get back on track, to get refocused. All of this suggests that smartphones, while fundamental to our day-to-day life, are detrimental when it comes to being productive. I mean, you all have probably heard this before, but it's documented that the light from your phone increases the amount of time it takes you to fall asleep every night. However, a study by Murdoch University in Perth, they found that even late-night text message and browsing could also reduce the quality of sleep, which would result in depressive moods and even lower levels of self-esteem. Here's something interesting. If you're meeting friends for a coffee or even having a family dinner, a mobile phone can reduce the quality of your conversation. This was found by a study done by Virginia Tech University. They found even the presence of a smartphone can have a negative impact on -on one-on-one conversation as it provides for your mind a constant distraction. Let's get into the numbers. 50% of parents have been asked to put their phone away by their child. 62% of parents admitted to spending too much time on their phone while with their kids. 71% of people spend more time on their phone than with their partner. 72% of parents feel their teenagers are distracted by smartphones during in-person conversations. Can I get an amen? And 51% of teens feel their parents are distracted by their phones. We're both guilty. 66.4% of children spend four more hours per day on the phones. 87% of phone users check their phones less than an hour before bed. 55% of phone users can't make it through dinner without looking at their phone. 53% say that they have never gone longer than 24 hours without their cell phone. And 45% say their phone is their most valuable possession. Now, these are COVID numbers, so I know this is a little higher, but this number right here, not all those others. Adults in the U.S. check their phones approximately 344 times a day. That's about once every four minutes. Our increasing phone usage lays neural pathways in our brains that create a constant urge to check our devices. So in other words, the consistency of continuing to check our phones leads our brain to constantly be thinking about checking our phones. And so we're constantly distracted. Most importantly, what I want you to hear is this is not just an issue with younger people. Across the board, generations most likely to check their phone within five minutes is 80% for Gen Z, 76% for Gen X, 74% for Boomers, and 73% for Millennials. This is not just a generation's problem, this is everyone's problem. And so we need to address it, and here's the things that the the last four statistics I wanna share because these are the ones we really need to lean into. 89% of our cell phone usage is self-initiated. That means when you silence your phone notifications, you're only dealing with 11% of the problem. 89% of the time, I am pulling my phone out because I have the urge to or the desire to, not because I have the need to pick up that phone call or answer that text message. 91% of adults keep their phone within arm's reach 24-7. 79% of married couples admits technology distracts them from connecting with each other. And parents spend almost as much quality time with their child, two hours and 41 minutes, as they do one-on-one time with their phone, two hours and 17 minutes. Now, I don't say all of this to just get you hugely discouraged. I say all of this to be honest and real about the state that our world is currently in with our phones. And I think that we have to be willing to admit that is not a healthy balance. That is not healthy for anybody to continue to live this way because it is hurting the marriage. It is hurting the family. It is hurting your conversations with others. And so my desire for you today is not to feel that you need to throw your phone away, but to learn how you can create a better balance with your phone, how you can set up better parameters and better settings to be able to use your phone in a way that is a tool for your life rather than a weapon against your life. And so we're gonna ask three questions today. And here's what I ask of you. I need you to be completely and entirely honest with yourself. When I ask you these questions, I want you to internally answer them as truthfully as you possibly can. Because if you're not willing to be honest with yourself, you're not gonna be able to make change. You gotta be raw and real and honest with yourself. As I ask myself these questions, guys, I'm not in the right on all these questions. I struggle with areas in my life with my phone too. But we have to be willing to be honest if we want to see change happen. And so the first question we're gonna ask, is my phone creating opportunity or is it stealing opportunity with others? Is my phone creating opportunity or is it stealing opportunity with others? Ephesians 5, 15 to 17, it tells us this. It says, be very careful then how you live not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So how do we make the most of every opportunity then? I mean, how do we make sure that in every situation and in every opportunity that we make the most of it? one of the biggest things you can do to make the most of your opportunity is to not have distractions that are making you think of the next thing and not be present in that moment, right? Because if I continue to live my life where I'm talking to someone, having a one-on-one conversation, but I keep looking over at my phone, I am communicating something to them. I am saying that I am not thinking about our situation now. I'm thinking about my situation next, and it's not necessarily your fault, but when you put the phone right in front of you or in your pocket, it's going to happen because it's a distraction from the opportunity that you could have had right there and then in the moment. So if it tells us, if, if God's word tells us make the most of every opportunity, then we need to learn how to be present rather than continuing to think of the next thing, because here's what people won't tell you about your phones. Here's the language they won't share about your phones, is that your phone could be stealing opportunities with your family. Your phone could be stealing opportunities with your wife. Your phone could be stealing opportunities with your friends. Your phone is and can be stealing from you, but you have to recognize it. Because your phone can be a tool. And I want us to continue to remember, there is hope, there are good things because it can create opportunity, right? That it can share the gospel, that it can encourage other people, that it can be there for people when you can't be there for them physically that you can continue to encourage and love on others. There's so many amazing ministries that have stemmed from this digital world to be able to reach others with the gospel and the truth of God's word. But there are so many things that have stemmed from this phone that hurt everyone. And so it can be a tool, but we have to ask ourselves, honestly, is it? Is it helping me create opportunity or is it stealing opportunity with other people? Our next question we have to ask, is my phone causing me to sin or is it helping me love others? Is my phone causing me to sin or is it helping me love others? Luke 8, 16, 18 says this, no one lights a lamp and then hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who came in can see the light. For there's nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more and whoever does not have even what they think they have will be taken from them. There is nothing, not even things on your phone that are a secret to God. And so we can't keep living in this little lie like, like this is the place in my life that I'm getting away with things. God sees it all. He even sees everything that you try and hide or keep secret on your phone. And so if we're living with that understanding, then why are we continuing to live in a way that is trying to keep all these things such a secret? If you continue to live your life in a secret, then you will not be able to have community that can hold you accountable. Because if you keep everything hidden, then no one can help you with it. And so there's nothing, not even things on our phone that are a secret to God. So we have to ask ourselves, is our phone leading us to sin or is it helping us love others? Because I'm not just talking about images or videos you can look on your phone that we know are sinful. I'm talking about people you're following that are constantly making you compare yourself to them. I'm talking about places, friends, things. Uh, You know, a lot of people believe Google is so great. Did you know that it's bad to know everything and be able to access everything? That for kids today, for them to be able to search anything they want, that's not always helpful. That can be dangerous and it's ruining the innocence of our kids because they don't have to wait to find things out. And so sometimes we have this desire to know everything and yet... God knows if we knew everything, man, we would not be able to survive. And so we got to understand that, man, our phones, they could be causing us to sin, but they could also be causing us to help love others. And that's what we want to focus on. That's what we want it to be like. Because it can help me love others whom I couldn't reach, but I could encourage in that moment. Right, some of the times when I've just felt the lowest of the lowest and I get an encouraging text message and it just reminds me that I have people around me there for me, encouraging me. Right, there's times when you can't be there for someone physically, but you can love on them digitally. And it can allow us to love others. Our church is able to reach globally because of the online presence we can put out. That's amazing. That's amazing that anyone in this entire world can access the gospel truth and the message of God through the internet, through your phone. But what can be a helpful tool can also be a dangerous weapon. So is my phone leading me to sin? Or is it helping me love others? A last question, is my phone a weapon or a tool in my life? Is my phone a weapon or a tool in my life. Mark nine forty three to 47 says it this way. I mean, he's really real about this, so don't get too scared, but he's like, if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell, where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. I know, intense. But he's trying to make a point. It's the same point that we're trying to make today. Nothing is more valuable than your eternal salvation. And if there are things in your life that are becoming a higher priority than that, we must learn how to cut it off. Maybe not physically. A lot of these things we're talking about our phones is the click of a button. Praise the Lord, we don't have to chop our hands off. We can just press Delete. But there are things in our life that we need to acknowledge and be willing to cut off because nothing is more important than where you're going to go when you die. And if you haven't asked someone you care about that question, I would challenge you, ask them, where do you believe you're going to go when you die? And if they have no answer for it, you need to pray and talk with that friend because they need to have an answer for that, just as we all do. And so, is my phone a weapon or is it a tool in my life? Because here's what weapons do Weapons destroy, tools create. Weapons divide, a tool bonds. Weapons hurt, a tool heals. Our phones should be tools to share, show, and be Jesus to those in the digital space. But if we're honest, what are we currently using our phones for? Are we using them to love on other people or are we using them to entertain ourselves? Are we using them to fill ourselves? Are we using them to satisfy ourselves? Because I think that's where most of us land. How often do I look at my phone as a tool? I don't think very often. But here's the beauty. The same phone that people use for such evil, others use for good. And so what I'm telling you right now is that while you may feel your phone is a weapon in your life, it can be a tool. You just have to make choices and changes. And here's what Matthew reminds us of. Matthew 12, 35 to 37. It really gets to the core of all of this. And here's what it says. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man, he brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. I tell you that everyone, everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For hear this, by your words, you will be acquitted. By your words, you will be forgiven. And by your words, you will be condemned. We must understand that at the core of all of this, the phone is not the issue. It's the heart that holds it. It's the person that holds it. And it's the desire of you to lean into what God wants you to do with your phone versus what you want to do with your phone. And so we gotta be willing to admit, like I get it, man, as a guy, there are ads in marketing that continue to try and sell sex to me. They're constantly throwing these things in front of my phone and a lot of times I just wanna get rid of it, but there's also a lot that is my responsibility choosing not to lean into that algorithm, choosing not to look at those videos, choosing not to lean into the things that could cause me to sin. And so I have to take responsibility and acknowledge that my phone is a reflection of my heart. And so if we're going to do an honest take of what our phone is showing right now, here's one of the greatest challenges you could do. Would you be willing to hand your phone over to your spouse, loved one, or parent and let them see everything? Because if you wouldn't, I would gander to say, there's something you're trying to keep hidden. There's something that you don't want others to see. God calls us into a life of clarity. He calls us into a life of honesty. And you cannot keep believing that you're living a life of honesty but keeping secrets on your phone. Like, Let's just be honest and real because I did that for a long time in my life and it got me nowhere. All it did was slowly and surely try and ruin the things that were the best in my life, try and separate my marriage, try and separate my family, try and separate my opportunities and my ministries. And only when I came out of it, recognized and decided to live in full honesty and truth did I get to start seeing God work in my life. It's not the phone that's the issue, but the phone can create a lot of problems if your heart isn't in check. So what do we do? We gotta build boundaries. We have to be willing to set things in place so that we don't fall into the traps. And I talk about this with students, man, if they wanna talk to me about relationships, if anyone wants to talk to me about relationships, I'm gonna be real and raw about it. Because if you only have one boundary in the way between you and that girlfriend having sex, you haven't set up enough boundaries. There are multitudes and multitudes of boundaries that you need to set up in the way of that sin because one boundary you can get around. But if you set up multitudes of boundaries, it is going to be tough. Because I'm not thinking about the time when you're mentally the best. I'm not thinking about the time when, man, you feel so in love with God. I'm thinking about the time when you're frustrated with God, the time when you feel weak, the time when everything is pressuring on around you. And what are you going to do in that moment? Let's be honest. We are all sinners. We are going to cave sometimes. It just happens and we have to be honest enough to recognize that of my own will I am not strong enough to resist sin so what do we do then we set up boundaries we have people we have things we have uh, programs devices we have so many things that we can set up between us and that sin but do you want to are you willing to do you want to cut it off because if you look you can find a lot of solutions And I'm gonna give you some solutions to all of these things, but it's you who must choose and desire to cut it off. So what steps can we make today to make our phones better tools? Uh, The first question, right? If you feel your phone is stealing opportunity with other people, statistics show like the biggest thing you could do is put your phone in another room not on the table, not in your pocket. They've shown both of those still be an addictive tendency. But if you put it in another room, the saying out of sight, out of mind is true. It helps your brain not be distracted by what's going on with your phone and intentionally focus with the people you're with. And here's something really cool. Me and my family started this about two weeks ago. It's this um, company called Arrow, A-R-O. And they send you this white box and it's completely free except you pay for a membership monthly. And this white box is designed for you to put your phone in and to spend time with your family without your phones. And it's fun, it's, there's a leaderboard competition so you as a family can get a little competitive about it. Currently, I'm winning in the Gibson household, just gonna say. Uh, guys, so far this week, I have gained 17 hours back in my life without my phone. And it's not complicated, just, it has a charger too so it charges your phone all the time. You put it in, and you shut the lid, and you leave your phone. And me and my family are trying to do this because we want to create a better balance for our life. And here's the most beautiful thing ever. We literally just got the box. called ARO, A-R-O. And we got the box, and we put our phones away, and it was me, my wife, my daughter, and my sister-in-law. And we were just sitting around Finley playing with her. And I cannot begin to tell you what this moment felt like because it felt so different. We don't realize how plugged in we are to our devices, how necessary they are until we remove them completely. It was such a precious moment that we had as a family together. We were just playing with her, talking with her, hanging out with her. And it was completely removed from the distraction that is constantly in our pocket. And so that's a really easy step, man. I actually reached out to them. I was like, hey, you know what? It's worth a shot. And they're going to give us a discount code if you want to lean into this. Uh, Use the discount code, the point. Don't forget the E at the end. And they'll give you a month off of an annual membership for their program. For me, it's about 15 bucks a month. It's not very expensive. But if you can't afford something like that, just like we said, just start putting your phone in a different room. Have a designated room. You and your family put your phones away for dinner. Put your phones away for conversations. Put your phones away so you can intentionally invest in love on other people. Because our phones can be tools, but they can also be weapons and distractions. If you feel your phone is causing you to sin, set up barriers and boundaries so that it no longer causes you to sin. Right? There's, a, there's a program called Covenant Eyes. It's a great program. It's a paid program that helps you as a family protect the things that you should not be looking at. It helps you block the things that, that we know we should not get into and it holds accountability. You can have people with you. And once again, if you feel like you can't pay for something, our phones, our Apple phones already have this integrated within them. You can set up screen time restrictions and adult restrictions. And here's what I do. My wife is the one who puts in the passcode. So I don't know how to change the restrictions. Accountability. You can do very easy things, very free things to stop yourself from falling into things that you don't need to be looking at. Are you in control of your device or is your device in control of you? Because if you're in control of your device, by the push of a button, you can radically change your family and your life and not leaning into sin. But are you willing to? Do you desire to? Because it's very simple. All of this stuff, I'm not asking you to cut off your hands, guys. I'm asking you to push a button or delete an app. Or here's the thing. Did you know you can unfollow someone if they're leading you to envy them so that you don't continue to see and have jealousy in your feed? and in your life. Now, here's the last one. If you feel your phone is a weapon in your life, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write out all of the ways you feel your phone is harming you and harming your family, right? Be bold enough to to write it out. And here's the coolest thing. When you visualize this, you're gonna realize you can stop all of those things. You can set up barriers, you can set up boundaries, and you can remove those things from your life. Like, it's easy, it's not complicated, but are we willing to do it? Because that's what it always comes down to. Man, if salvation in Jesus Christ, if all it needed to be was just easy and then you'd accept it, everyone would be saved right now. But you have to make a willing decision to, to, to make changes in your life because here's the thing, like if I had a stick stuck in my arm right now, I hope y'all would be like, Noah, you need to get that out, Right? None of y'all want it out. Okay, cool. But I would want it out (laughs) because it's harming me. It's hurting me. But so often in the digital space, because we can't see the physical harm it is causing you, we act like it's not causing us any harm. But it is. Just in the same way that, that God, the Holy Spirit, works in the spiritual realm, and sometimes we can't see that, but we know war is taking place to defend and protect us daily. And so we must understand that this can be a tool in our life, but so often it is a weapon. So here's what you got to do. You got to know your weaknesses. Men, women, families, you need to know your weakness and be willing to set up barriers and boundaries between you and your weakness, between you and the sin that you fall into, between you and the things that you struggle with. Because we all struggle with sin and we all will continue to lean into sin because we're not perfect, and until the day we're made perfect, we will continue to be sinners. But we have been given grace by God. Colossians 3:17 says, "Whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, so whether what you say or how you act, Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. How many of us can honestly say that our phones we are doing in the name of Jesus? That everything we have is for God. Because we have to get to a place in our life where we finally admit and acknowledge that my phone has been a selfish thing, not a selfless thing. We must acknowledge that my phone is a weapon that is hurting my future marriage or my future children or my future life and that I must remove the things that are harming me. I need to stop it from being a weapon in my life and transition it to being a tool in my life. And so be willing to take steps and actions to make it a tool in your life. You can do that, but will you? You have to choose to. You have to acknowledge to accept this in your life. Just in the same way that Jesus said, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all done, we're on the same position. And it says the wages of sin is death. Let's just be real, it's death. And not a physical death, an eternal death in hell. But he says that the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And how do we receive that? He says, if you, you have to make this choice. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that means you're bowing down to him. You've got to realize that. And believe in your heart he rose from the dead. You will be saved. So in the same way that we can receive salvation today if we don't know Jesus or if we want to start learning how to know Jesus, we must be willing to make changes in our life with our phones if we want to see changes in our life with our phones. We have to be willing to make changes if we want to see change happen. We can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and again, expecting something to change. There's steps you can take, there's buttons you can push, and it will radically change your family and your life. And so I encourage you to lean into this because our phones, phones, technology, devices, they're just not going to go away. There's not going to be a magical fairy that just removes our phones from the entire world. No, we're going to actually continue to lean into this more. We see more and more technology leaning into our phones and what they can do. And so let's start now by creating a healthy balance rather than continue to allow it to be unhealthy and continue to allow it to get worse and worse and worse. Let's not be the statistics you heard at the beginning of this sermon. Let's be different. Let's choose to not lean into those things. Let's choose as a family to have family time. That means without phones. And I know that's so difficult but be willing to do it because you know that's where quality conversations can be had when you remove distractions. So in your life, let's learn how to have a healthier balance with something that is only going to become more and more a part of this world and our lives. Would you all pray with me? Father God, I just want to thank you for who you are and I want to thank you for your word and your kindness and your truth. God, I ask that in some way I've done you right by sharing your truth about a topic that is very relevant for our world today. I desire that people would not just be convicted or challenged, but that that conviction and challenge would lead them to take action. Because God, our words mean very little if we don't do anything with them. And so on that same note, God, I pray for courage, I pray for power, I pray for boldness in our people right now that they would be willing to have the tough conversations, that they would be willing to admit the sin, that they would be willing to remove the weapon and make it a tool because in your name we are called to make everything a way to glorify you, God, and our phones can be that. They can lead others to Christ. They can share your truth to people across the globe. They can love on people who are hurting. They can encourage others, Lord. They can build others up, but are we using our phones for that? Or are we using them to destroy things? Are we using them as weapons that break through everything? And so God, my desire as a church and my desire as a family here today is that we would lean in to things that aren't tough to admit, or acknowledge in our lives, but that we would stand out and be different because you have called us to. Father God, thank you for who you are and what you did on the cross for us. May we never forget it. Amen. Church, I just want to tell you, um, we've got a really awesome opportunity. Uh, Our team is going back to El Salvador in a couple weeks. Let's give it up for them. This is an awesome opportunity. Uh, we've got a really awesome team. Todd and I believe Deanna are kinda co-leading this trip and it is so amazing to see the team as they prepare and get ready for this trip. We did this last year and we wanna do this again this year. They, they do, um, every year they go, they, they raise funds for food bags. And these food bags can feed a family of five for seven days. And, and in our world, I know food, um, you know, some it might be a little difficult for, but food is very easily accessible for us. It's not the same situation for the people that they are loving on and ministering to in El Salvador. And so you must understand what a crucial blessing and encouragement it is for these people to receive these food bags. And so as a church, we've got a goal, and I'm just gonna be honest, this is above and beyond our tithe. This is called generously giving above what we know God has called us to give. And so our goal is to raise 1500 for these food bags for the team to take to El Salvador. And so I would just ask you to consider in your heart to be able to love on these people in El Salvador, even though you're not the one going, to be able to love on them through a financial way and be able to see how then our team can use something as simple as food to be a gospel ministry sharing opportunity to people across the globe you're giving them a tool to be able to love on others and be like Jesus. And so I'd encourage you to consider giving towards that. You can give that online. There's a place that says El Salvador Food Bags. You can give that on your, um, your card, your letter right there in your message notes. And we would just love to partner with you to build up the people in El Salvador and love on them and give them something so essential, but more importantly, give us an opportunity to share with them something that is eternal eternal and more valuable than any food could bring. So consider that as our time of giving and I'll hand it over to Josh.